0: Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, it's gonna be a little different. This is the first time I've had four other people on the show at once. We have Kino Saul, three girls and a guy. Clayton, the guy of the team, you may have remembered from episode 25, Poker Pro to Startup Junkie. If you haven't seen that show, that's another good one to check out. He's a part of this team, and then we got the three girls, Michaela, Ella, and Elise. They are firecrackers, let me tell you. So this group is, they're very passionate about what they do, and you're going to learn some new things. I learned a lot of stuff from this show, interviewing them, and they're going to talk about KinoSol. So what is KinoSol? KinoSol is a mobile solar dehydrator which increases market accessibility, reduces post-harvest loss, and increases nutrition for substance farmers around the world, Today, one-third of all produced food is wasted, and KenoSol is working to preserve worldwide yields. So basically what their product does, it's a dehydrator that helps preserve food. So after harvest, when you have all the extra food, you can put in here. It'll dehydrate it. They can keep it longer, and then what they can do is they can use it theirself or keep it longer where they can sell to people and make money. So not only are they helping people so they can preserve their food and stop waste of food but also they're giving jobs for people in other countries this group is so passionate about what they do and you're going to learn that outside of the United States you go into different countries they don't have it as great as we do most people don't realize when I go home I have food and everywhere I go I mean food is just so accessible for us and when you think about people who are wondering where they're gonna find their next meal or how they're gonna eat food, how they're gonna get supper on the table. That is a big problem. So, this is a topic that we should all know about. We should. It really is gonna make you look twice when you go to the buffet and you eat all that food, and if you have some to waste, it, it makes me look at it a whole different perspective. But this team will tell you about Kino Cell, they're gonna tell you about all the countries they traveled to, what they've learned. And how these women are empowering, the three women are really empowering women across the country to become entrepreneurs, to go after what they love, to stand up for who they are. Women can be powerful. And they're here to show you. These these girls are powerful. They're here to show you that anything is possible. I love this show. This is one of the best shows I've got to experience to be with these people. They're They're such great people, and it really goes to show that in life, it's about creating great things. It's about doing something that makes a difference. It's not all about the money. You're going to get that in this show today. Before we jump into today's show, I just want to remind you about my book, Keys to the Crowd, Unlocking the Power of Crowdfunding. It comes out September 7th, this coming Monday, it comes out. It's available for hardcover copy and also the download. Eventually, you'll be able to have the audio download as well. But check it out. I've worked very hard on this book. I put a lot of time in this. I've been studying the best. I've been doing my own campaigns, about to launch a six-figure campaign, hopefully a seven-figure campaign as well. And this not only teaches you about crowdfunding, but also it teaches you about being an entrepreneur, about raising money and what it takes to become successful in life. I highly suggest you check it out, Keys to the Crowd, Unlocking the Power of Crowdfunding you can find on Amazon, purchase it today and I I would love you for it, I appreciate it. It's not about the money, it's about really giving you guys the knowledge you need to succeed in life. So, let's jump into today's show with the powerhouse keynote, so you're going to learn a lot in today's show, I'm excited, so let's get started. of young entrepreneurs I'm Brandon T Adams and on today's episode we have something very unique this is the first time that we have three women that's right three women in in the show here and then also a man and then me as well so we we are overrun by women in this show and I'm excited to hear from this group so I first want you girls to introduce yourself
1: I'm Ella Gurky.
2: I'm Michaela Sullivan And I'm Elise Kendall.
0: And we have Clayton Mooney. Clayton Mooney, if you don't know, he was on episode 25, Poker Pro to Startup Junkie. A great show, and we did briefly mention about Saul and everything he's doing. And I just love this group here. I'm excited to get into it. We're going to go over a lot of topics that we've never really talked about on the show before. And it's going to be a lot of excitement here, and these girls are they're women. They're, they're a powerhouse. i are kind of afraid for what they're going to do, but uh, let's go right into it. First, I want to hear from you, Ella. Tell me your background and what brought you here.
1: Well, my background, um, I'm as everyone else here is, I'm an Iowa State University student studying um, global development with an emphasis in uh, international medicine. And the reason I'm here is because these crazy people wanted to get together and had a pretty unique idea that, you know, sucked us into this vortex of the startup world and um, there's kind of no looking back after we got started and that's why we're here. Kayla.
3: So I'm Michaela Sullivan and I'm a junior studying global development with a focus on food security. Um, So I guess Soul kind of all got started when I attended the Thought for Food conference two years ago. I got inspired by that conference and I wanted to compete. Um, So I found this group of crazy people and we decided to (laughs) put together a project and it's now turned into a successful idea and business Please Uh,
2: I'm a senior at Iowa State also. I'm also studying global development, but with an emphasis on environment Uh, I did offer food challenge two years ago, and I just had a lot of fun with that team and so when Michaela sent out the email for it, I was definitely interested in pursuing it again this year and then I met these guys and it ended up going on a lot further than any of us suspected in the beginning so it's been a lot of fun.
0: That's how it usually goes. Mm-hmm. Ideas You don't know where it's going to go and all of a sudden it takes off and you got this awesome thing to True. support. Exactly. Clayton, let's uh, yeah. hear
4: another recap about you. <laughs> all right, so back for a second bachelor's, uh, current part-time student at Iowa State University and the Thought for Food Challenge brought me in uh, because I was very much interested in the marketing aspect and being able to tell the story of the product or service that we created.
0: Before we get started, how does it feel to be the only man in a startup? A startup with three women <laughs> and a guy. You do get asked that question quite a bit, Diane. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, I actually I think we're all very productive and we're all self starters. So that helps. Um, and at the end of the day, I guess I'm the alpha male. So. Oh, nice. He doesn't like oh, nice. competition.
3: <laughs> Not true. Elise is the alpha male. <laughs> uh,
0: there. Wild card. So, so KinoSol, What what is it? So what what does KinoSol do? What are your what's your mission with it? Tell me what it is. One of you explain to me and you can add on.
3: So we created a mobile solar dehydrator for fruits and vegetables. So it has a natural convection system that dehydrates fruits and vegetables. And this summer we found out that it can also be used for grains. And then it has a storage component um, that's mylar lined to prevent rot and pests from getting into the dehydrated f- uh, fruits and vegetables. And then it also has a mobility access Aspects. So you, it has bicycle wheels, and you can attach it to a bicycle, so that farmers in developing countries can take it to their fields. They can take it to markets, so that way markets are more easily accessible.
0: You've practiced that that pitch. <laughs> we <laughs> you, get Yeah, you know, it, we get gets, asked that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, you guys. I mean, you guys have been going around the state and surrounding mm-hmm. states and doing competitions. I mean, w- what was the last one you guys were at?
2: I think John Papa John here in Des Moines. And how
0: much did you win with that one? Five thousand. Five thousand. <laughs> yeah, five thousand for that one. Yeah. And then, what was the other one? You guys did one in Minnesota. yes yep. So
1: we did the Inno we partook partook in and the innovate competition, um, which was run through Colonial Church up in um, Edina, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and that was um, something that we had to create a budget plan for, and we ended up being awarded thirty five thousand. Wow. Is, that, that's a bulk of our funding right now. Yeah. So that was. A huge that's really plan. good. Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's, I mean, a really good kickstart mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Yeah, so definitely. are you guys going to look for investment, or are you guys trying to fund it with what you have now and bootstrap it?
4: So so right now, uh, we have enough to get us off, off the ground, and then we are looking forward to doing a Kickstarter campaign yes. for additional funding for Man, domestic models. Man, good, it's good thing you got Brandon T. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm
0: excited for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's good. So why, why is this such a problem? Why, why does keto cell matter? I want the people to know because this is something that a lot of people don't think about. I mean, us as Americans, we, we have a pretty good lifestyle. We, we have food available very easily. And I was thinking about this when I was at the market. I'm like, I can just go walk someplace and grab food. And I don't even worry about where my next meal is going to be. But other countries, that's not the same. So tell me, why should people care? Why is this such a big problem?
1: So, I mean, it is definitely, like you mentioned, it's something that we don't think about here in the U.S., but it is something that we're gonna need to start thinking about, um, especially as we're transitioning to higher populations because right now in the U.S. alone, we have huge issues with food waste. Um, And that's something that we're focusing on um, with Kinesol as well as focusing on the developing world. We're not just focusing on one type of food waste. We're trying to encompass all different aspects of it. Um, But in terms of the developing world, you know, we often don't times think about the people that um, are living with chronic hunger and the only times we do is when we see, you know, like a UNICEF commercial come on our TV. And so, I mean, we are, a lot of us here, most like 75% of us are interested in development. (laughs) (laughs) I think you and Clayton, you know, startups. but he's getting there, we're teaching it. (laughs) And um, the, so, you know, we kind of have this invested interest because we've been to a couple different countries through the three of us um, that have, that suffer from a lot of chronic malnutrition and hunger and um it's i mean it's killing people and there's you know children that are stunted and can't go to school yeah. and i mean it's an emotional issue and that's what we, you know we care we came into this with the emotional aspect behind it but it's also here in the U.S., it's affecting the economy with food waste. It's affecting climate change with food waste. It's it's a huge problem that we're trying to tackle with you know starting with quinoa. So,
3: and it's not just the problem. Like the problem isn't that there isn't enough food. It's more so that the food goes to waste because farmers in developing countries don't have access to the means necessary to harvest their food, to store their food. So a lot of it just sits there and waste or, and goes to waste on the vines because they aren't able to take care of it fast enough before it. Um, begins to rot and then when they do harvest it they either have to sell it at market right away because they don't have the proper storage to keep their food um, for longer periods of time.
0: So, so basically the, the food can be placed in this and it's a dehydrator and it keeps it good I mean for a mm-hmm. long time then.
1: Mm-hmm. We're trying to preserve the micronutrients and the vitamins um, and the minerals inside the food which is something that is really vital in the diets of people especially in the developing world. And so by using our um, unit you'll be able to preserve those nutrients up to six months longer than you would um, by just preserving it in, you know something that's gonna let the, fr- the fresh fruit just rot right in front of you so i mean and elise saw it firsthand we did our initial field testing in uganda this summer so she can attest to it yeah than anyone. yeah how was
2: that uh it was a really awesome experience just to be able to meet with women that actually you know every morning they wake up and they farm for their living and Whatever they that's farm, to, you know. Where that's, to think. That's, yeah. I mean
0: yes, exactly. talk about a woman being a farmer. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean And it's also it's crazy because since majority of agriculture work is actually performed by women, but these women don't have access to the ownership rights. So while most of the work is being done, they don't have any say over what's really going on because it's oftentimes their husbands are just men in the like area that tell them what they have to do. So we're hoping when more women have access to this unit which will be able to um, have them keep their food for longer which will allow them to sell it at the market for generally a higher price just because dehydrated food just sells it so allows them, them to make more money yep. as well and then it also makes it so they can sell their food on the off season so like during mango I was there during the mango season which happened to be for like the two months where it was just millions and millions of mangoes yeah. could see everywhere but you know if I go back in six months there will be none. none so this will give the women a chance to be able to sell it when nobody else has it so people will want it because they don't have access to that and so just being able to talk to the women just hearing their everyday life you know that they have to walk you know 30 minutes to two hours to get to the market depending on where it is and what day and how 50% of their harvest that they um, make every year their yield generally goes to waste just from uh, bugs to weather conditions just unable to store it properly so they were just being able to see the reactions to something that, that could solve this for them or at least help them save more of their yield, so they could get money to eventually buy a bicycle or to you know buy a new home or, you know, anything, livestock or anything, just to, it was just really an amazing experience. What
0: you guys are doing is, I mean, you're, you're empowering women. Yeah. That's I mean, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're not yeah. just trying to preserve food and, you know, like solve chronic hunger and malnutrition, we want to empower women. That's
0: one of our huge objectives with this unit. That That's awesome. So tell me. You've been to India. You've been to Africa. You guys, you guys, have been everywhere. Mm-hmm. How is it different in those countries for how women are when in their business or their lifestyle of who they are? How's it different from women here?
1: So I mean, in the, we don't want to generalize. I mean, there are, I mean, women in the developing world are just as you know empowered and strong as women in the United States. Yeah. But there are victims of circumstance. Well, obviously, there's a lot of um, gender inequality in these regions, especially the developing countries, um, and we want to be able to take them out of those situations where they have the self-confidence to start their own business. If that's selling mangoes that we help them dehydrate and market, that's great. If it's you know transporting something that they, transporting dehydrators to and from, like, you know, across their village, that'd be great. So, I don't know, you, Do you guys have You're giving there? me no. a whole new <laughs> look at this because when I came
0: into it, I mean, I saw you're solving food people that are starving, which is awesome. But now I see more of an aspect, you are really empowering women because you're giving them the opportunity to be entrepreneurs. Yeah. Which yeah, with
2: exactly. that too, it's been you know shown um, that if a woman makes the income, it's more likely for that money to go back to her children. So like when we're empowering oh. women, we're also empowering children and we're allowing them to get the nutrients they need to be able to go to school, get an mm-hmm. education, succeed in life and move on past like being stuck in basically a cycle of poverty, which happens a lot of time when you just see women that just don't have the ability to really like support their children and their family just because of the situation that they're in.
4: Wow.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Michaela, tell me your thoughts on all this.
3: No, I mean what Ella and Elisa have mentioned are huge factors. Women a lot of times just don't have access to the means necessary to send their children to school or provide for their families. And a lot of times when families don't have money coming in, it's the, um, the girls who are seven, or uh, like 12 to 13 who are gonna be the ones who suffer because their education is going to be cut first before the um, boys' education will be. Um, and a lot of times you just don't even see girls going to school. So by providing economic opportunities for women to take their dehydrated fruits and vegetables to the markets, they're able to send their children to school as well as provide um, food to put on the table.
0: Wow, this, this is getting more interesting as we go. Because like <laughs> I've I, I, Seeing what you guys are doing, I really, you guys are awesome. <laughs> I mean the whole social good behind it. Now do you give, are you guys a non-profit then? Is a, a percentage of what you do go to?
3: So we are a benefit corporation. So yes. our first um, aspect as a corporation is to help end post-harvest loss. So a lot of our profits will be going back into providing dehydrators and donating them to developing countries.
2: And then we're also hoping from there we'll be able to kind of extend even further and cover more, you know, maybe mm-hmm. in the developed world, dealing yeah. with the food waste that happens here. Essentially it is different. It's not as much the post-harvest loss, it's more of the Consumer. Po- yeah post-consumer loss or just, you know, if it's an ugly fruit, nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. But like with dehydration, you know, like you don't know what it looks like kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it's kind of will allow us to branch out more from there to kind of do global food waste. Compass more. Mm-hmm.
0: From, from all of your traveling and being in different countries and seeing this firsthand, what would be the things, the top three things you take away from different countries of poverty and just starvation?
2: I'm just always surprised by how strong women are in other countries. Like they work so hard, they wake up every morning and they have their baby strapped to their back and they go and they get the water Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy to me because I can barely get out of my bed to go to class (laughs) every day and then I see these
3: strong women and I'm just like, you are amazing. I think a lot of times people think that people who live in poverty are just helpless and they're not happy but I think that's often not the case. A lot of times you find that these are some of the happiest people you see because so they're, true. they're so in, like they're just happy doing what they're doing and when they meet people it's a new opportunity um, so that's always something to just consider. It's the simple things in yeah, life that people don't things, realize exactly. that money cannot buy. Exactly.
1: And then going off what you just said simple things in life I think um, something that our team has kind of been criticized by before has been you know the simplicity of our concept, but some you know ab- after being in a developed co- or a mm-hmm. developing country and experiencing and um, the cultures and speaking with the people you know simple solutions work and that's what simple is what you, you know, need and, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and you know, it's really hard to go into um, a community in sub-Saharan Africa and say you know here's all this you know multi-million-dollar equipment make yourself developed help yourself but when you come in with a idea that helps them help themselves. Um, Like KinaSola, it's a very simple concept, but it's effective and it's making a difference. And so the simplicity Mm -hmm. is what I think is one of the big things about development.
3: Instead of trying to change their lifestyle, you're providing them the means necessary for them to do it themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. So who would be your target market? Who are you selling these machines to?
3: So we plan to market uh, the units to NGOs because NGOs are already working in these developing um, countries and communities. They have ties with the communities and the local farmers and they have the means necessary to purchase the units.
0: What What's a unit going to cost when the, you guys are out? Do you know at this point? I mean, we're still
1: in the, I mean, we're still working on our, we're on right now on our sixth prototype working um, in terms of getting our seventh one started. Um, but we're thinking right around between $200 400 somewhere in will be like yeah, that's cheap price. i mean yeah considering yeah it's pretty. It, we wish we had hard numbers for you but it's but no i mean because what you guys point. have it's it's a yeah. pretty
0: cool thing and because it lets sunlight come in mm-hmm. to dehydrate it and you have wheels on it, you can actually haul it around mm-hmm. it's mobile i mean for i would see it being like a thousand dollar product
1: and we really don't want that cost of our unit to affect fall yeah yeah, yeah. Farmers, we don't so. want it to be a burden to
3: the farmer. so by or, marketing it to ngos they have like what you were saying, three to $400, that's nothing for them. And they have microcredit loan systems in place that allow the farmers to purchase these units and slowly over the years pay them back. So it's not a large like debt on the farmers. Like It's not going to be detrimental to their livelihoods.
4: And upon uh, initial launch, we're considering doing almost a dehydrated produce buyback system. So the farmers, if they dehydrate their produce and they can't really sell it to uh, or sell it in the markets, then we have the opportunity to go in and buy it from. So they, from day one, are making money back.
1: We also want to help um, identify markets in the
0: area
4: as well. So wait, you're telling me you'll actually buy
0: the dehydrated pro- the food from them?
4: We're trying to, to figure out some sort of system to, to implement there to where if their markets aren't quite accessible for dehydrated produce, uh, so when they, they have that and they have that excess produce, so their family has plenty, they have plenty, uh, and then what do they do with the the extra of it? Yeah. We're going to try and do something to where we can offer to buy that back from them and then go through the NGOs and the other organizations that we're working with. That's awesome. So, almost, I, th- I think it's called a closed-loop mm-hmm. system. But that's only product.
2: if it doesn't have a place in the community. Right. Because community yeah. health is our number one Yeah, yeah. We don't want to take economic yeah.
3: opportunities out of the community. And that's what you see a lot with um, dehydrators and other operations that are happening in the developing world. You see that a lot of times when they go into these communities to benefit the communities, a lot of the um, economic opportunities leave because they take the produce and they sell them to like developed countries like Europe or America. Yeah, we definitely Mm
4: -hmm. don't want to to export the fruit back. Like it would all stay within their, their communities.
0: Mm -hmm. So what, what's going to be your target market going right out of the gates? I mean, what country do you want to focus on first?
1: So we've already identified a couple partnerships, which has been great. Um, and our current partnerships are, um, we just uh, secured a relationship with Brazil, um, El Salvador, Uganda, and... South Sudan. South Sudan. Um, so initially, those are where we're gonna be starting. That's our initial targets. But we wanna expand as much as possible. There's a lot of need, and uh, we e- even if it's expanding in Uganda to 10 different villages, that would be great for us. Um, yeah. More than <laughs> exactly. yeah,
0: so what would be, I guess, your ultimate long term vision with all this?
3: No food insecurity yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Ideally. ideally, like over the course of the years, um, the next coming years, if we can see some sort of reduction in like post harvest loss or even just in the villages that we're working in, we see that the economic um, opportunities there increase because of the use of quinisol. I think that would. That would make us feel like we're actually making a difference, and we're doing something. We're all no, you can in. make
0: an effect that changes the whole world. Yeah. That is yeah. <laughs> amazing.
1: And I would say, kind of, um, since we are focusing on develop developed countries and developing countries, sort of, you know, spreading that education factor. Um, you know, educating people in Iowa specifically um, about the hunger and the need in those countries, and you know by use by having a, de- a developed model of kinesol that'll I think help with that
0: so to give them the audience a better view on this tell me exactly how bad it is in certain countries right now give well, me a, a in more the US, graphic
2: 40% of the food that we produce is wasted every year and that's just in the united but states but that's
3: post consumer so you go to the store people buy groceries and then 40% of it sits in the refrigerator and just goes to waste I
0: know, the problem, I, I feel bad.
1: Yeah, No. Yeah. I mean,
0: oh, I mean yeah. Too. everyone,
3: yeah, but in developing countries, like specifically in Uganda, communities can face losses up to 50 to 80 percent, and that's just harvest loss, so like they haven't done anything with the food, it's just harvesting it, and that just goes to waste. Yeah,
2: just inability to store it after it's been harvested, uh, a
3: lot of the time since, in Uganda
2: specifically they were doing dehydration but it was all open air dehydration just out in the dirt so like with that you know like rodents insects yeah just weather, workout, you know it's just affected so much of it is wasted just from that alone and then when you put it in a bag and a you know when it just sits behind your house it's eaten by rats you know and just that oh, that just makes
0: me think the next time I go to a buffet, <laughs> yeah. it's like the second play. Okay, make sure you eat everything because people, we take that for granted. We do. And sure. people listening, I mean, we, we have it great in the U.S. And we take it for granted. We think uh, sometimes our life sucks, but really you go to a different country. You go to like Uganda. I haven't been, the only country I've been to is Germany. But you go to Uganda or Africa, different places. They are struggling to find their next meal.
2: Exactly. And mm-hmm.
0: think of them. And keep in mind, KinoSol, check them out, KinoSol.com, or GetKinoSol.com, GetKinoSol.com, and support what they're doing, because you guys are really making a big impact on taking away starvation, and then also for the women, and that's something I want to go into, because that, that's another thing that interests me, is three women and a man, <laughs> <laughs> but what is, it, what is it like being women entrepreneurs?
1: You know, I think none of us really came into this realizing we were going to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, we all had the obviously, back, us three specifically, not clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were, you know, interested in development. Pick <laughs> it on that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, sorry. sorry. <laughs> it, it's almost like the, the, like the title entrepreneurs kind just, of just fell upon yeah. us. And it's been a really interesting transition stage of realizing, okay, we're, we were doing this because we wanted to, you know, help people. But now we're doing this because it's not only is helping people, we can actually make a business of it. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, I do yeah. have any perspective as a woman.
3: I think it's interesting because when you go and talk to people, I think sometimes they tend to listen to you more because you are a girl. Um, yeah. I mean, like we all have had experiences in developing countries and we're able to bring that background when we go and talk to people and explain what we're doing and it just seems to get the message across much more efficiently.
0: Yeah, what about you?
3: Um, it's been interesting. I feel
2: like it also depends on who you talk to, because when I have traveled to, you know, Africa and things like that, since women there just generally just don't have as much of a say ever, and it's just kind of ingrained in that culture. I noticed that a lot of people just, I felt, didn't even take me as seriously just because I was a woman, you know, and I may have had the the same credentials or anything. So it was kind of, like, interesting, you know, overcoming that at times, being just Thought of automatically that you don't know as much because of that. But then at the same time, we've had a lot of other yeah. um, experiences where people have taken us more seriously because oh, we are three women, you know, you don't see that as often.
1: So it's kind of been, there's been a lot of pluses mm-hmm. to it and also a lot of. In terms of uh, yeah. like doing the testing in yeah. developing countries, yeah, like you said, like having it being ingrained in the culture,
0: you know. How does that make you feel? I mean, doesn't that piss you off that as women you're not taken as seriously?
2: Yes, but it also kind of makes me feel even more empowered to do what we're doing because we drives are, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like are, haters. You know, yeah, we are kind of. <laughs> this is why we're here because women aren't yeah. given as many op- opportunities. So when we're faced with that, it's almost yeah, it drives us further to do what we're doing. I
0: love seeing the women entrepreneurs. I mean, I I don't know as many women entrepreneurs, and I love seeing you guys come together and standing up for what you believe in because you're just as good as us. I mean, you can achieve the same things too. And Probably I'd say even yeah. i say you can have a, more of an advantage over a man because you're women, <laughs> good-looking yeah. women, going out and I'm Sorry, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. They might be able to persuade a deal better than you can. That's right. <laughs> I found that out in sales. But no, so as women entrepreneurs, it some people look at you differently. But I think it's awesome that you guys are standing up for what you believe in, and not only that. You're really helping people and being the voice for the young entrepreneur nation of women.
1: I mean, we have, as I mean, there's so many amazing role models, too. I mean, we always talk about Melinda Gates. She's an entrepreneur and she's a woman. And she has, I mean, inspired us every day because she has a similar mission as us. And so it, it's great to have, you know, those inspiring role models as well as we, like, work towards our, uh, you know, end goals with Keenest Soul. Have so,
0: you ever reached out to her?
1: You know, that's something Thanks. that we, <laughs> yeah. we've talked about, we about pretty heavily. Um, <laughs> Maybe when we're a little we're
4: bit more. We're trying to find Billy's phone, <laughs> yeah, yeah. phone <laughs> right now. They'll, they'll
1: so if you're listening, money.
3: give us a
0: call. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know unless you try. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's exactly. you got to go after and you can find people that really are kind of doing the same things you are and mm-hmm. have that position that have money. And a group of three girls and a guy, I mean, how, how can you beat that? Uh, the, nothing better than that. Uh, I don't know any startups right now that have more than two women in them for like small startups. And I, I yeah, you guys are awesome <laughs> because I interview and see a lot of people. So be proud of that. So along the way, it's, it's not easy being entrepreneurs. I want to hear your struggles. Tell me what the hard parts of developing Kinosol and the, the actual dehydrator itself what struggles did you have?
4: Well,
3: none of us are engineers or food scientists. <laughs> I, I know how that that's from. Right. <laughs> but thankfully, we've been able to work here at Iowa State University and have a lot of help from the faculty, the engineering department, the food science department. So that's been really nice. But it's definitely been one of our largest struggles, just not having that background information and being able to have those skills to create the dehydrator ourselves.
2: I think also balancing our student life. Our, you know working jobs doing this you know just mm-hmm. it's you know hard at times we have long days and days that we just drink wine and <laughs> complain about our lives together just because that's what we need to do and then we get back to business but I think it's also nice since we all share that you though yeah. you know since we are all students we can relate to the stresses of our lives and balancing everything
0: it, it, it's hard because I mean you guys are doing this because you believe in it, and you, you're not getting paid to do this. You guys are doing it for the sole reason of changing the world. And eventually, I mean, you get to the point of huge success, but at the beginning, as an entrepreneur or startup or anybody, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. You guys are all working ex-jobs, and you're going to school. Well, how do you do that? I mean, I about dropped out of this awesome
4: college. <laughs> <laughs> but Clayton, what about you? Uh, I think we're all self-starters, so that definitely helps. Uh, our struggles have been kind of just getting in a certain workflow, uh, with just four people on a team trying to do something so big. Uh, there's been times where we've been stretched thin. Uh, over the summer, we were all in different countries, different time zones, but somehow we made that work, so now I think anything's possible. <laughs> the uh, powers of
1: technology, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, we live in an age where there's really no excuses to, to not move forward on a project. I mean, you can jump on Google Docs, Google Sheets, Uh, we've cold called a lot of our contacts and then like you mentioned earlier with finding the same pocket of people uh, that's interested in in the same subject matter we've noticed that because in Portugal and then later on uh, in Washington DC we ran into a lot of the same people so our connections continue to grow Uh, we we found out we're in a very uh, unique market so to speak and then uh, with sponsors such as you know Iowa State University and um, other people around the Des Moines area willing to help us out. It seems like every month our, our numbers grow, whether it's the newsletter that we send out, um, whether it's people that are getting behind our cause that can't wait for our Kickstarter to launch, uh, clear to people that are chomping at the bit for our first investing round. So. I
0: love that. So tell me, let's talk about Iowa State. What is, how powerful have they been? How big of help has Iowa State been for the whole creation of what you're doing?
1: Um, I mean I would say I, I mean Iowa State brought us together initially mm-hmm. so they're kind of the foundation of what Kena Soul was and initially um, but they have provided us with endless amounts of resources um, whether that be from the Ag entrepreneurship office to um, our our specific major which is in global development um, all the way to <laughs> Hack Engineering, to Industrial Design, we've used almost every resource on this campus. Yes. So we really, when we're just have, like wringing it dry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> when you have almost 40,000 students out there, you know, one could argue that you have 40,000 people that could have access to a way different, innovative uh, idea that could help Kinosol, um clear up To If we just find motivated individuals that want to be Kinesol ambassadors, that can go a long way as well. So actually people, you're looking for ambassadors. That's what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. We're well, never well, going
3: to turn down anyone who wants to talk about <laughs> Oh So, yeah.
0: define an ambassador. What would an ambassador do if somebody out there really wants to be a part of this?
4: So, we're always looking for feedback on our models. Uh, we're pretty transparent nowadays with, with the data we're collecting. Uh, so, if anybody wants to help with uh, the food science side, so helping us to better understand dehydration times in different climates, uh, clear up to uh, engineering. Right now, of course, we have the, the triple threat, so we have the mobility factor, the storage, and, th- and then the actual convection uh, for the dehydration. But if someone out there wants to give us any feedback on our, on our prototypes, we're all ears. Uh, and also, when we get ready to launch the Kickstarter campaign, we're looking for ambassadors to help get the word out. Uh, we plan to do pretty big things through Kickstarter for uh, potentially domestic models of kinesol units. Do mm-hmm. uh, you get any engineers? I mean, you want engineers, right? So we, we
1: have a yeah, guess. we've been
4: in talks with uh, with some people over the past couple of weeks. We're considering bringing on one to two people onto the team that can really help uh, with the design aspects, uh, make it more aesthetically pleasing uh, down the road. functional. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah more functional. But uh, now that we're working with uh, actual uh, manufacturers as well, they're going to be delivering us some prototypes that we'll test and address the issues and then transition from, um, Plastic and plywood uh, or plastic glass and plywood models to all plastic collapsible models So that's a big step forward for us. Uh, that would be it, but that would be really mm-hmm. a good move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially for just little things that we Didn't really have to think about until we decided that we were going to turn this into a business uh, For instance shipping like shipping has been at times a nightmare to try and figure out uh, As what, far as what would it cost you to ship something like this? Well, we, we paid more than it cost in materials to just get the units to Uganda,
2: but those were not uh, like flat packed, those were fully um, made models. So, what, did,
4: what did it costs to ship them?
3: We're not sure. It, it, it,
0: so, <laughs> so, it, it so of course
4: depends on the, where it's going, but so going down to Brazil, we're hoping to uh, send the plastic models that are all uh, collapsed, yeah, yeah, flat packed. That's,
0: I mean, that's the thing you got to think about when you have a product mm-hmm. shipping it, because yeah. that could really kill the cost of yes. everything.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that was one of our big incentives of switching to plastic. Obviously, um, you know, plastic is so much lighter and so much du- more durable, but the lighter aspect was we, yes. where we were like, yeah. okay, we need yes. something lighter. Because plywood is great, and it's durable, but and it's, you know, accessible in country it's if something easy. breaks, but plastic probably won't break, and it'll mm-hmm. also be so much easier to get to brazil so that yeah. was like i mean just we we incorporated the concept of shipping into our actual prototype design that's how yeah. important yeah. to us. <laughs> and just
2: the ability for in country like putting it together in country so now with the plastic models it will won't have any tools needed
0: to it's
1: like ikea it furniture oh, yeah that's
0: that's yeah. what i was gonna say it'd be like a ikea. yeah yeah we're channeling exactly. our inner ikea
1: yeah <laughs> it's gonna be so we i mean we know that we're marketing these to NGOs or aid organizations or churches, but we want the user, which is the women or the children or the men that are gonna be using this in Uganda specifically, to be able to take the, our unit and completely assemble it without having to require extra, extra tools or extra infographics or anything. It should be really simple and really easy to do. So that's something that we're keeping in mind as well. And we're kind of moving, we're, we're transitioning the mobility aspect to it because we, we learned a lot while well, Elise was in Uganda about mobility. And so it's right now is really fun because our next few prototypes are going to be very different in design concept, but that's, what's fun about it. Mm -hmm, It's like building a puzzle. Yeah, it is.
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. you're developing something that things are going wrong all the time Mm -hmm. as an inventor. I know exactly what it's like, but it's exhilarating Mm -hmm. to see your baby, your idea, (laughs) grow up Mm -hmm. to become (laughs) the big product you see it being. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, exactly
0: what would be the biggest struggle you've seen then with the development process with trying to make it functional
2: I think it's just since this is hopefully down the line going to be a global product yeah. that it's just hard to make up one product for the entire world you know because like not everyone has access to a bicycle but some people do some people use a motorbike some people yeah. have mm-hmm. a baby strapped to the back they can't wear a backpack they carry everything on their head you know so it's just like Mobility has been the big thing just coming up with the different designs for, to be attached to so be yeah. yeah, I it's would say backpack. mobility for yeah. sure yeah. Just because there's so many ways to be mobile so we need our we need design to, to be able to Yeah, What we're hoping
3: to do is um, create more region specific Units so the units that are going to Uganda are going to look different than the units going to Brazil Just based on like the mobility factor the storage factor and everything that Climate, they have to yeah. deal with in that those specific climates
4: Yeah and the different produce
0: Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, yeah, that would make it, I guess I didn't even think of that. What would be the main things that would go into this? Well, produce? originally
2: we had been just testing mostly fruits like mangoes, bananas, things like that. But when we went to Uganda, they, were, they weren't dehydrating any of those things. They were dehydrating grains and soybeans and potatoes, things that we just never even thought about yeah. trying, you know. So then that just basically put us in a whole new game because these were things we had never even considered so now we kind of have to open ourselves up to realize that there's all these things and even you know, fruits and vegetables that we just don't even have in America that people yeah. grow in Brazil or Asia you know, wherever we're sending them so we need to make sure all of these different things work and they may be things we've never even heard of yeah. like fruits <laughs> that
0: we don't so even know. Yeah, You're unique because you're willing to go to these different countries so tell me this summer where you've all been
3: um, well, I was in Italy for an internship, and then I did some traveling around after in Europe. I was in Uganda.
0: Uganda.
4: Clayton, you are, where were a few all been? Uh, Ireland, Italy, Switzerland, and Brazil.
1: And I was in the coolest place. I was in I was <laughs> Iowa. Uh, <laughs> Ella, Ella was Iowa. in charge of uh,
4: HQ. Yeah,
1: I was in headquarters. Right. Um, oh, nice. But I, you know. I doubled. Actually Elle, Elle went <laughs> I She did all of coast, our manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, I did. I went coast to coast, but yeah. like just for personal yeah.
0: fun. <laughs> but you guys got to get a unique perspective on yeah. everything from different countries and mm-hmm. yeah, so I sure. want to talk about your Kickstarter campaign, which excites me. I love Kickstarter and I'm excited here. So when do you plan on launching the campaign and what, what are you raising the money for? What specific things?
4: So our tentative plan is to uh, launch late this year. Uh, worst case scenario, early next year, uh, we're going to raise money for domestic models. And uh, as far as the, the numbers go, we haven't got down to figuring out how much we're going to raise, but we know that we want to bring uh, domestic kinesol units to anyone out there that has that's thrown away a banana or any other fruit or vegetables away that, that's wasted it after they've gone to Ivy and picked up a bushel. Yeah. Uh, we want them to be able to you know, slice it up, make banana chips on their back deck, their patio, their porch, uh, at least in the summertime here in Iowa, it's not not the wintertime. Yeah, but, exactly. uh, but, yeah, we're excited for that opportunity, too, because we've had plenty of friends and family members reach out to us and just ask if they could even just have one of our prototypes to test because they simply wanted to make banana chips or uh, dry some mango because it's so expensive in the stores. And I, I think that there will be a big enough movement. Uh, we just have to find the people that are – I guess more, uh, With nature. Yeah, more, <laughs> Down yeah. to nature. I mean, I have,
1: um, I have friends that, you know, they're or like their families specifically are really into like health foods and stuff. And I was speaking to one of their mothers and she was like, well, I know I just buy a solar dryer or a solar dehydrator, but it plugs into my wall. And so even just by getting those people to recognize you don't need something that requires electricity. Yep. You can put something that's required or solely requires solar energy and it's clean and it's good for the environment. And you know, um, so we're kind of targeting those, you know, that like Whole, they're, they're whole already, Foods. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Whole Foods movement people. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that shops at Whole
0: Foods, you need kind of saw you. Uh, that's that's what I thought of too. And I, I mean, I've had that problem too. where I mean, it just goes to waste and you got to mm-hmm. throw it, it. It sucks. It but like breaks it, your
1: heart because you yeah. just bought those like six yeah. days ago. But I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Out. Time goes by and so And you're literally throwing money away. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> yeah. why not just Buy
0: now.
2: Throw yeah. them in your Kena And, and then exactly. we're hoping with these units we'll eventually be able to do a system where for every you know two or three units sold in the States, it'll fund a unit for someone in the developing world. So
0: that, That'll be awesome. And just so you guys know, when you guys do this Kickstarter campaign, I'll help you in any way. We'll we'll spread it out through the podcast. We'll spread it out through our network. And by then, I'm pretty sure we'll have a really big network by the things we got in the works. (laughs) But before we go, I want you to give me advice. Give our audience, our women out there, advice on how they can become an entrepreneur. What are your thoughts? Tell them anything that give them help, guidance.
2: Don't let anyone tell you no. You can do whatever you want. It's really your life, you know, you just, you may feel at times, you know, beaten down just because we live in a world that's, we're all, you know, a lot of student debt, we have limited going on after school, you know, we're not always sure what we're going to be doing, how we're going to pay off our loans, but it's sometimes just more than that, following what you really want to do, and so just following your passions, never letting anyone tell you that your ideas aren't worthwhile. If you really believe in them, and
1: that. yeah. Never let anyone tell your tell you your ideas aren't worthwhile. Yeah, yeah I would say
3: good. I would say basically just don't get discouraged. You might have a crazy idea, um, might end up being the coolest thing ever. So, and it might not, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's learning. Exactly.
1: Step outside your comfort zone <laughs> because I mean, women and men do that. They get inside their comfort zone, especially in college, um, where this is where you should be, you know, embracing the oddities of life and just getting really uncomfortable with your surroundings and that's what we did and
3: we've all been in so many it's uncomfortable been very, yeah. very uncomfortable but very,
1: very worthwhile, I'd say. Learning about new
3: things that we never thought about, entrepreneurship, marketing. Yeah. Or just or putting writing. yourself into
2: situations that you're like, maybe this is totally obscure and no one here will care at all about yeah. cancel, you know, but then it ends up
0: that this then you win (laughs) $5,000 no that's what it is we second guess (laughs) ourselves sometimes after working on something and sometimes people are like oh I'll never work and you start thinking well are they right but they're not Yeah. and you get that feeling so let's hear from the the man of the group (laughs) what Uh, would be your advice I'm going to
4: uh, paraphrase uh, Peter Diamandis one of my big influences Uh, he says the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities and I think moving forward, if you, you know, if you want to think small to where, let's say you want to own brick and mortar business, restaurant, bar, et cetera, that's fine. But if you really want to change the landscape of everything, you need to think really what are the biggest problems out there? Because if you can begin to solve that, even if you get, you know, that 1% market share and, and figure it out, at the end of the day, you're, you're actually moving toward helping people and then you're moving toward building the, the biggest businesses out there that's that's good stuff so where can everybody
0: find you especially if somebody wants to help you guys and join your movement
3: so we have a website uh, get Um, we send out bi-weekly newsletters and you can also like us on Facebook Twitter Instagram
4: we have some uh, contests coming up on Facebook once we get over 500 likes which we're really close right now uh, we'll start holding a social media contest Mm -hmm. for uh, merchandise giveaways
1: Free t shirt Free t shirt How IDs. can you turn that down? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah, but designed by Elise, too. So yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, guys, I really enjoyed you coming on the show, and I think it's great what you're doing. I acknowledge you for being great people and not doing it for the money. You're doing it to really change the world. And now I see, and everybody else can see, the problem there is out there. And you're doing more than getting people food. You're really empowering women to do what they love so any uh, women out there i urge you to connect with these girls or clayton <laughs> at and uh, just you guys are awesome i really appreciate coming on the show thank, yeah, you. thank you that's it for today you know what time it is go out there create something great become unforgettable because life is too short not to i'm brennan t adams have a great day everybody I hope you enjoyed today's show with Kino Saul. This is a great group of people. I had so much fun with them. I hope you learned a lot because I did. I really did. It made me think about things in a whole different perspective and sometimes we just need to take a step back and realize what it is we have in life and what others don't have and we we take things for granted. And Kinosol, they are out to do something great. They are on a mission. And if you're listening, you want to help them, because I I plan on helping this team as well, help them, contact them, and support them in what they're doing. They are really trying to change the world and make sure that people don't have to worry about their next meal. They are a great group of people. You can go check them out at www.getkinosol.com. We'll link all that on the notes. We'll have pictures of them up there, pictures of when we actually were doing the show, and all their content there. Please check that out on my website, BrennanTAdams.com. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. And before I go, I just wanna remind you, we are doing a huge convention here in 2016, the Young Entrepreneur Convention. And right now, we're looking for some interns. We got, I just spoke at Iowa State University here the past couple days. We already got four interns on board. But we're looking to get over 100 interns. This is going to be a huge movement, and I want people from all over the country. If you're interested in working on our team, if you have sales experience, marketing experience, or even press release, anything, whatever you have that could bring value to us, please send me an email personally at brandon at brandontadams.com. Send me your resume. Send me why you think you should be a part of the team. I'll get back to you, and maybe you can join us and creating the largest event this country has seen. So that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon T. Adams. Have a great day, everybody.